weekend racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com Everybody, welcome to The Magic Mike Show I'm Mike Huzzah! And we've got our buddy Aaron Halterman here joining us as a special guest. Magic uh, supporting the family, helping the picket lines out there in Los Angeles. So we got to bring you on, Aaron. How's it going, man? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that that's, that's what he's doing today. It's great. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? But no, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I haven't done any shows today, uh, no, Sonic, you- so far. So I, I'm fresh and ready, right? Glad we got your lazy ass off the bench out here to do a show. Uh, no, all seriousness, thanks for joining us. We had a couple of people who were going to fill in, and we just kept running into roadblocks here with the Magic Mike show. But it's not a tech problem. It's a guest problem. What are you going to do, right? Well, you listen, that's just how it is. I think they said yes to your face nicely and then later went, uh, I don't know that I want to be on that show. So, I got COVID. Yeah. Right, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. And all seriousness, hope everyone is doing well who is not able to make it to the show as a special guest. I always appreciate people offering to fill in. Uh, excited to have you here. Before we get into the sequence, uh, let's talk a little about the news of the day. Forte pops positive for his effort at Saratoga last fall. I think... We both caught rumors last fall that there may have been a positive that wasn't being publicized. Did not necessarily know it was Forte who was that positive. Uh, I don't really want to go too much into it because it feels like we're kind of a broken record on how racing needs to stop literally cutting off its nose despite its face time after time again. Uh, the fact that this is being dealt with eight months later is a really bad look. Um, this is something that should have come out much sooner, been publicized much sooner, but Pletcher's lawyers essentially kept getting it pushed back. And now here we are with another piece of news that is not exactly wonderful post-Derby. It's crazy, right? And, and and you know, the news kind of broke right as my dad and I went on the air just uh, about an hour and a half ago. And uh, it, it's the way I kind of looked at this. Uh, we the, the people in the horse racing bubble, this has become normalized. And so we kind of look at it and go, oh, well, yeah, that's racing, you know. But when you're talking about trying to create new fans, trying to get new people involved, people that are outside the bubble that we live in right now in horse racing, how are you ever going to do it when things like this happen? You know, it's just like people outside the bubble see that and then they they might ask you or me or Magic or Jared, you know, what what is this all about? And you explain it to them and they're like, yeah, you know, I think I'll just bet like uh, Golden State and the Lakers tomorrow night instead yeah. because that's that seems pretty easy, pretty logical. I don't know that I want to get involved in something where eight months later uh, a horse gets disqualified. How could you say, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe you should. Like, you, how could you say that to them? You'd probably say, yeah, go bet the, the, the Lakers. I don't know. It's crazy. Yep. Just kind of a bad look. And uh, racing needs to stop giving itself black eyes. That's really the long and short of it. Pletcher gets 10 days and it's fine $1,000. I'm sure he'll never do it again. I mean, that's really just such a harsh punishment that how could you? And uh, we move along and Linda Rice still uh, training in New York just for everyone who's watching. I think we're at about 1200 days since the last time that one was discussed as well. So a lot of fun stuff going on at Belmont. So why shouldn't we go to Belmont this weekend, right, Aaron? (laughs) 
That's what my dad and I talked about this for 20 minutes ago. Well, well, why don't we take a look at the Preakness? This is a cool sport. We might as well go on. So, yeah, I mean, that is – look, and again, the people are inside the bubble. It's, they're like they're just going to complain and keep on going, but that bubble is going to shrink, and then who's going to come in? So I, I don't know, but I'm with you, Samich. Let's talk about Belmont. we got a great pick five coming up on Saturday. I can't wait to discuss with you. Real quick before we jump in, are you surprised there are two graded stakes outside the late pick five? I was shocked. Yeah. And I know after looking at the man of war, why they did it, I think there is a single in there. So if you're going to play the early pick five, that is going to be the last race. Not quite sure why the Peter Pan was not in the sequence. though, so much, I think it would make sense. I don't think there's a huge standout to make it say, Hey, we better not put this in the late pick five. So Peter Pan, I thought would be here. Uh, man of war, not, not quite as shocked. Honestly though, that's kind of a Southern California type of move when they'll do that. Usually they're big races in New York. Um, for the most part, unless they're really short fields, they'll put them in the slate pick five, but that was the decision they made. It's made for a interesting challenge for the slate pick five. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't flip the sixth and the seventh. They, they have the sixth, the Peter Pan in the pick six, yeah. the seventh maiden $40,000 on the turf. We'll talk about that one in a second here. Misses the picks or is in the pick six as well, but you could have had that as the, the grade three. And, and that I think probably would have been a little more exciting, but Hey, yeah. what are you going to do? We cap what they give us. So let's, uh, let's do this thing, man. Riders up. Start the pick six sequence here going a mile and a 16th over Belmont's turf course. State bred, maiden, $40,000 horses following up two graded stakes. Gotta love it. All right, Aaron, who are you going on top here? What was a really tough race to kick the sequence off? All right, yeah. And by the way, got the, got the screen up there too. Listen, it's like magic's still here. Don't worry about it, guys. We're in good shape. All right, let's talk about it. Seventh race here. I, I thought it was a tough one. Uh, both of the maiden claimers I thought were very tough, the seventh and the 11th. So kick it off with this one. I went four deep in this spot. My my top uh, choice is the number four, your mission. I think it is the most logical horse here. Running for a Abreu for the first time, but gets uh, Irad Ortiz aboard. So I thought that was a very good sign as well. When it comes to the past performances, listen, the horse is over six, but his races are better-ish uh, than the rest of this field so far um, that we've seen. Uh, but we kind of know what he is. Uh, listen, the last time I read was aboard, it didn't go well, but two races or four races back, the second to last time I read was aboard was the horse's best race, almost got the job done. So I started off with the four. I used the four uh, to kick it off. Yeah, I like the four as well. It's one of the two horses I'm going to use. Those Saratoga races kind of tough. Mile and a 16th. That's a two-turn mile and a 16th, and the trips were pretty brutal for your mission in both of those spots. I think they're dropping to a realistic level here at the $40,000 level on the grass. Uh, went 40000 on the grass. Two back at Aqueduct. Ends up running. It was went off as your favorite there. Ended up running fourth. Um, that kind of effort probably beats this field. I mean, this is just not a world-beater field, and so it's really about who you want to try and use to get through here. I don't want to spread like crazy in this spot because the horses I would be spreading with would be logical horses. They wouldn't be crazy prices. I mean, the only double-digit price I was even a little interested in was the 10 War Prince. And because of that, I'm only going to go too deep. My tip top pick is the eight-horse silent running here. Uh, this is a James Bond horse. And if you focus on those five turf races, 
the horse fits really well. Tried a $40,000 level back at Aqueduct. This was six races ago now. Just missed. Ends up running third. Lost by a half length. BC Glory Days wins next out. They take the horse and put it back in a maiden special weight company from there. Ends up running a good second there. And they thought enough of it to get go all the way up into a stakes race where it had absolutely no chance. Face to go to gold. Then went back into back-to-back maiden special weights again. Now we're getting back to the right level at the right surface. And oh, by the way... Talk about a rider upgrade here. <laughs> We're going from Herman Harkey to Flavian Pratt. Uh, so big time rider upgrade first off the bench here for the eight, getting back to the surface and the level that this horse wants. I've got silent running on top five to one there. I'm just going four eight because I don't want to spread in a spot where I'm not going to use any prices. Aaron, you said you went four deep. Who else are you using here? Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying with that, but I do think there is a one horse I'm going to use here that might float up. With the eight, I, I'm with you on everything you said, and I think the rider upgrade uh, was the thing that kind of just pushed it over the edge for me. It's like, yeah, you need to include this horse on the ticket. So the two other horses I'm using, the number two, Barry the Builder, coming off of a layoff here, Rudy Rodriguez. Uh, you know, I, I think this horse now dropping down in class, ran pretty good last time out. I think if the horse improves any at all, going to be right there with him. Also a horse that's got a lot of early speed. So I liked the two here. Uh, I, I, I say a lot of early speed, a lot of early speed in comparison to this field. It's not like this horse is a burner, but there's not much early speed signed on. The other one I am using though, is the one that I do think they're going to just send to the front and see how far he can go. And that's the number seven tunnel vision. This horse has been beyond awful in the last two races. No way around it. Both have been on the dirt. Now we're getting to the turf. Uh, we're getting Giroux aboard, which, you know, it is what it is. It's kind of a lateral move. We saw some sharp workouts since this horse's last race. And so I, I really believe that this horse, they're just going to say, hey, get out of the gate, go to the front. Maybe we can take him gate to wire. Maybe the natural speed will be enough that this horse can finish on the turf. So I thought I would include the seven as well. I think with the past performances on the seven, you're going to get a decent enough price to have this horse be a use. So for me, two, four, seven, and eight to kick off the first leg. Yeah, seven was interesting to me. It was my third horse. I uh, didn't end up putting him on the ticket. I agree with you. This is a, a how go as fast as we can for as far as we can and see what happens here. Uh, interesting that Maker uh, and company claim this horse off slam dunk, going six furlongs on the dirt, tried twice on the dirt. Now we end up on turf. You'd think it's going to handle the turf course fine based on the pedigree uh, and should be a, a lone leader. I'm not going to say loose, but at least a lone leader here. So seven tunnel vision, a little bit interesting there. I do want to talk about the 10 war prints a little bit because this was the price that I almost put on the ticket. Did you consider this one at all? I thought it was interesting that this horse runs at a mile 16th at Backwaduck, doesn't run great. Then off the layoff, they tried to get him onto turf, ends up scratching off the turf. Now we're going back onto turf, second off the layoff, stretching out here. Is the 10 interesting at all to you at a price? Yeah, I had the 10 on the ticket, had to uh, had to take it off just from budget uh, constraints. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't go deep as deep as i wanted to in here listen it's rob Atris, and that's that's kind of where it starts and stops on the circuit right now um but yeah getting this horse on the turf the only thing for me you know his first race on the turf just wasn't great i understand now they've gelded him and it's a layoff but it's kind of a well if, if the 10 wins i just couldn't get there uh i you know as far as going deep enough but i wouldn't be shocked yeah, if you want to go four or five DP, you're probably singling somewhere. Um, I didn't end up with a single. Haven't looked at your ticket. Not sure if you did as well. But that that would give you the ability to be able to spread to that point in this race. One other horse we didn't talk about, the three-horse Miracle Mike, Pletcher and Jose Ortiz. Did you think about this one at all, or was this one that you just were willing to let beat you? 
I'm going to let him beat me because I, I think the price is going to be that of which I just don't want to add this horse on the ticket. I, I don't think it's worth it. If I was going to go five deep, I would add a horse like the 10 or Prince because of, because of the price situation. I think this horse is going to take money because of the connections. Um, I'm not saying the horse is impossible or can't win. I just don't think the horse is worth playing at, at what I think is going to be three or four to one. So uh, trying to uh, turf for the first time, um, I don't know that really has the pedigree that says screams turf. I don't know that it really has a pedigree that says screams like two turns. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. So no, I, I did not use the three. Um, we'll see yeah, if, if he beats me, he beats me. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on the price. I think I think you're going to get the, the three horses going to get bet, and I don't think the price is going to match the actual chance at winning here. All right, we'll move on to the eighth race on the card: State Bread, eighty thousand dollar N1X, going seven furlongs or going six furlongs. I'm sorry, on the inner turf here, at Belmont. I uh, thought this is another tricky race, but I, I do like a couple in here. Aaron, where'd you end up going on top? Yeah, pretty good race here. I, I went three deep. The one I, I put on top is one I have been trying to bet for three weeks, and he just keeps getting scratched off, and that's the number six. Hey, Mac, it's Jack. I, I, I tried to bet this horse uh, when they were still at Aqueduct, believe it or not. Got rained off. Tried to bet this horse uh, last week in, uh, uh, in, in at Belmont. The, the, the race got rained off. He was entered early on in the in the in the week when those uh, got rained off. Now we're back. Here's the problem. He was in starter allowance company in, in races. It really looked good for him. Now he's in a New York bread allowance. I think this is a little bit tougher spot than what they've entered him in on the last couple. I'm still going to use him, though. Still going to put him on top. So, yeah. Hey, Mac, it's Jack. Number six horse is my top choice here. I, uh, I have Haymarket's Jack in second. One of the two horses I'm going to be using here. I'm going to go right to the inside as my top pick, Sandorn. Uh, this is a horse that's getting second off the layoff here. I think Fire's a much bigger bullet than last time out. It was on the eight post, which I didn't love. Showed speed, ended up got a, getting caught late. Now we get second off, second in the four-year-old season. And I think is the speed of the speed here. I think Haymarket's Jack wants to sit just off of Sandorn. Or San, yeah, Sandorn. And I would expect here, that it's these two all the way around them that decide this, that they're going to be one, two, the whole way. The five takes the lead. The six sits right off the flank. You want to be forwardly placed on this turf course, especially going six furlongs right now. So I'm going to try and get here with just using the five and the six. I'm not going to go crazy. I like him asking Jack for all the reasons you said, like this horse is in form right now. This is a horse that has tactical speed, likes the distance, likes the surface. And you get Irad Ortiz in the, in the irons. I think it's all systems go for there for the six as well. Did you spread anywhere else? Or are you just singling up the six here? I did use your five uh, that you mentioned there, and I, I think the five and the six can kind of control this thing on the front end, and you just kind of think, guys, all right, you're the only two, I think, that's got that real speed that can stay. Just don't go crazy. Control the race. You see that sometimes when it's two horses out there, then they kind of, the riders, know. look, we don't have to burn it up here. So I do think they'll kind of go out there and control it, use the five and the six. The other one I thought was interesting, I did go three deep. I used the number one, Feathers Road. I really like the price of eight to one. I like that Jose Ortiz jumps aboard here for Linda Rice. It's a second off the layoff angle for me. Uh, the, the two races back in the summer, we saw this horse finally break the maiden at Saratoga. Looked pretty good doing it. Came uh, last time out at Aqueduct on April 15th. Didn't run great. Got beat six links. I think the horse really improves with Jose Ortiz aboard. I think the horse really improves second off the layoff. Um, it was kind of a situation. Am I going to go five, six here and, and add a horse in that first leg? Or do I want to add this one? When Jose jumped aboard, I just think adding the one makes a little sense here. So I went one, five, six, hoping to maybe get a catch a little bit of price with that one horse. 
Yeah. When Linda Rice calls on Jose Ortiz, the two are 32% to get yep. to the winner's circle. $1.69 ROI, so not a positive ROI, but still very good percentage there. It's a little interested in Feathers Road. I just watched that replay of that last race, and it was it was a clunker. I mean, the blinker is going to have to change change things around here for Feather Road to get the job done. I considered the three-horse power attack quite a bit here. Uh, this horse has been running, a, I guess you can say, against better, really. Been running in stakes races in a grade three last time out. 500K stakes race at Monmouth. Two back, lost to Webslinger, who came back and won last time. Gas like Dancer and Nagarok, the last uh, first and second in that grade three last time out. Now we're dropping into State Bread Company. This is where he broke his maiden when he went five furlongs over uh, over the Belmont turf uh, in a State Bread maiden special weight with for 75K. Uh, the three would be the next on the ticket for me. Is this one you considered at all? Yeah, I had this one circled as kind of a he might need one, wait for him next time out type of horse. Uh, and and I think uh, with Sweezy off of a layoff, I, I don't love that angle. This was a really interesting horse. You said broke the maiden at, on July 8th of last year. Then they took it to Monmouth. They said, ah, forget about Saratoga and those state bred races. It could have been pretty lucrative. They tried the the stakes and got beat by Sharp as attack, who at the time that summer was a really good horse. You, you mentioned Web Slinger and, and Oxyborn, also a really good horse that time of year, too. So, um, yeah, I, I thought about it. Um, I think this could be a next out type of horse, though. Like next time we, we get this horse in a race that's similar to this, after getting this one under his belt, he's going to be tough. It's interesting. We've got live racing going on here right now. We just had someone. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Celebrate the uh, the two horse getting home last race. Where is it, Michael? Here it is. Michael Olson had the two two double at Belmont, yeah. and it's funny because Chris, I agree with you. Rosario, Rosario, the crap out of the five horse. If you go back and watch the fifth race at Belmont, uh, that helped the two get to the winner's circle. You have Rosario here on the three power attack. That was one of the reasons I didn't use the horse. I, I'm at the point where, like, if I'm on the fence and Rosario's on the horse, I'm not using it versus using it. And generally, I'm the other way around with jockeys, where I'll use it because the jockey's on versus leave it off. It, it's kind of hard for me to sit here and argue what you just said. I mean, I, the point is so valid right now. And, like, he may, he may beat you, but... It, it's going to be with a horse that you and I probably could have rode. Honestly, that's how it is right now. And Rosario used to be a guy that he would beat you and it'd be like, damn, that was a good ride. He used to be just be like an inconsistent rider. He'd be really mm -hmm. good and then really bad. We just, it's been so long since we've seen the really good, like vintage Rosario rides. It's, it's crazy. Uh, and this slump is not something new, Samich. I mean, we've been talking about this on our airways since December uh, of last year when it, when he showed up at Gulfstream. So uh, I don't know. I, I I don't have an explanation for where the good where the good rides have went. I I don't I don't know. Yeah, we joke about him being the bell curve. Um, the bell curve has two sides: the good that's and right. the bad. I think we we may have to retire the nickname because it's only half of the bell curve that's getting used right now. We're, we're just we're just flat right now. Yeah. No curve at all. We're uh, a flat line. Is yeah. that what we're calling him, the flatliner? You can call him the flatline because he just kills your horse. Uh, all right, let's move on to the ninth race here, the grade three Run Happy, presented by Run Happy, sponsored by Run Happy. Going six furlongs over the dirt here, we got a field of six horses. Uh, still a little tricky here, though. Uh, you've got the, your favorite on the two-horse, Baron, uh, who is going to come in here for Robert Reed and Ortiz after running at parks, basically, uh, the last 10 or so races. And then you've got Candy Man Rocket for Bill Mott, who is too bad to believe last time at Oakland. Are you going to go with one of the two of them on top? Or are you going somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, this is this is where I've 
kind of taking the chance, right? I, I am going to go with a single in this leg. Um, sometimes you single a horse because you love them. Sometimes you single a horse because it's a necessity and you've got to just take a shot somewhere because you have to use as many as you can these other legs. That's what this is. It's kind of a necessity. I'm going to go with the number four Candyman Rocket here as my single. Uh, listen, I, I, I get if you want to go other ways or do other things, but I, I do think he is a single in the spot if he can get back to those earlier races at Gulfstream Park. So, you know, he's a horse that's had trouble staying on the track. He's had multiple long layoffs. He comes back on January 21st off a long layoff. I thought it was super impressive at Gulfstream. I thought he ran extremely well. And I said, okay, let's see if he can parlay that. Let's see if we can get him back. Um, and then we go to Gulfstream February 25th. Man, I thought that was a fantastic effort in a stakes race. I am 100% confident that effort will win against this group and will win this race. However, he was horrific. Nothing went right in the count fleet for him. It was a very bad race. Uh, he just did not show up at Oakland with anything at all. So I think that's why you're going to get a little bit better of a price than you would have because of the count fleet effort. But look, I think he stocks the pace here. You know, if the three and the six really want to get involved early, I think he can sit off of them a little and I think he pounces. So I, I like him. I think if he gets back to that effort too back, he wins this one. Yeah. I, I looked a long time at Candyman Rocket and whether or not I want to put him on top. I ended up putting the two Baron on top I, to me. The race two back is just too good for this field. Uh, and there's enough other races that fit that make him very, very dangerous in this spot. You get Ortiz to pick up the mount. We've seen horses go from parks into Belmont and perform well in these type of situations. So I, I put him on top. I'm going to go two deep here and use Candyman Rocket as well. This is one of those like classic candy capping angles for me. The too bad to believe race. Like yeah. There is no real excuse for that effort at Oakland. But he's a better horse than that. So you just kind of have to sometimes say it was a bad day and just be willing to put a line through it. I think that is going to help the price here. I think that's why you're seeing seven to two versus him being the favorite. I'm happy to not include Drafted, who's sitting there at three to one. I feel like that takes out some of the juice there. And I don't think there's going to be any super long shots on here because this is a, a pretty competitive six horse field. It really is. I, any of the six you could make a case for and, and you wouldn't be crazy for doing so. And it, here's something that's kind of interesting as I was researching this. So the Gold Fever Stakes is a race they're going to run on Friday at uh, Belmont. Pretty good field if you check that out. Uh, but two years ago in the Gold Fever, Bahrain and Candyman Rocket hit the wire together. Nose is bobbing. Bahrain got the best of them. So just now, like I said, two years later, here they are rematched in the run happy after running in that Gold Fever. I thought that was interesting to see as well. So who knows? We may see it again. Hopefully, uh, well, at least for my sake, Candyman Rocket <laughs> gets the nose down uh, this time. But uh, you're right. It's a very competitive race. Um, it's, a, it's a short field of six. But it's it's a tricky one. You can go a lot of different ways. I just try to take a take a little bit of a shot with Candyman. I, I, what do you think is a good win price on Candyman Rocket? Well, I I think this was a, a seven to two. I don't think you're going to get that. I think more along the lines of five to two is is probably what you should realistically expect. Five to two, three to one. I think that's a good win price on him. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what he goes off at. I think it's going to be interesting how the money comes in here, too, because I, I think that horses like Drafted will get money because there is quite a bit of speed in here. He kind of gets the setup. Uh, Mr. Phil, I think, is going to take some money as a horse that may go gate to wire, twisted ride, uh, beat the two last time out. So another horse that could take some money in here. It's going to be interesting just to see how this board plays out. Uh, and, but I, I don't dislike the idea of, your, of yours. Like, I'm going to single. I'm going to stake, take a stand here, separate myself in a race that a lot of people are going to go three deep or use half the field. Yeah. Trying to get through here with one horse gives you a lot more options later. 
Yeah. And again, it's just a situation where I think his best race, I do think is just a bit, a bit better than these, but, uh, except you're going to have to, you're going to have to run better than you did at Oakland or you're going to get sixth in the spot. So we'll see. All right, let's move on to the 10th race of Belmont's Saturday card. As magic would say, the penultimate leg of the pick five here. We're going a mile and a 16th over the Widener turf course, $62,000 optional N1 exclaimers. And this was the toughest leg in my mind in the entire sequence. Uh, there is a plethora of directions that you could go here. I kind of have an opinion, not a massive one. I'm interested to see if we use the same horses here, if we're going to spread out in different places. Uh, how deep did you go and who's your top pick? I only went three deep. I know you you, you kind of spread a little bit more here. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what you do. Uh, look, my top pick uh, out of these three that I, I used – I like the number eight, get your kicks a lot in the spot. Uh, that's kind of the horse. It'll kind of swayed me to say, Hey, just go three deep here. Listen, uh, first time out on the dirt, didn't do much next time out on the turf. This horse picks up Irad Ortiz and wins by five and a quarter there at Gulfstream. That was a very impressive performance. I think if the horse can run back to that, uh, she's going to be really tough in the spot, but it's not an easy race. There's a lot of other horses that are pretty solid in here as well, but that's the one I liked on top. I just thought the eight ran very, very well last time out and should kind of move forward off that race. Yeah. My second pick here, breaking out of the 10 out of 12 gates at Gulfstream going a mile is difficult. Uh, this horse showed some tactical speed, didn't get the best trip ever and still absolutely dominated that field. Do think this is quite a bit of a step up. And so I, I, I like the eight, but I'm at the five to two price would, would avoid me from putting a win bet in on it. And, I think there's some other horses that are awfully interesting in here. My top pick, I'm going to go to the three horse, six to one on Alpha Bella. Uh, coming out of back to back to back graded stakes, just missed a Cairo Consort three back, base mission of joy two back. And last time was in that Papilio Cairo Consort Heavenly Sunday race, the Appalachian at Keeneland, where Papilio, I think, came back and ran. Well, he ran phenomenal in that race. Heavenly Sunday ran well. The big thing with Alpha Bella in that race for me, when I watch it back, and this is, I, I feel like I'm just laying it on Rosario here, but Rosario rode that day. And for some reason, the horse was significantly further back than Alpha Bella had ever been before in a start. And now Pratt picks up the mount. I expect Alpha Bella to be more forwardly placed. We mentioned Get Your Kicks has some speed. Well, so does Span uh, Spansive on the outside. Juniper's Moon has some speed. It feels like this could be a pretty hot pace. And it feels like the three horse breaking from the two post could sit a very good trip right behind that first flight of leaders. If so, I think six to one is a great price here on the three Alpha Bella. Did you include that one or did you, did you leave them off? That is one I don't have on the ticket. Uh, I did have on the original one. Like I said, got you got to cut somewhere. Um, I, I do like what you said. I, I You do look at those races before Rosario and it, it, it does kind of be like, what happened here? But uh I didn't use, and that, this is what I'm definitely worried about. <laughs> I, I can hear the concern there in your voice. All right, uh, I use the other Chad Brown. We'll talk about free look a little bit, the six yeah. horse. I mentioned the pace here. This is going to be your best closer in the race, in my mind. Now, this horse has tactical speed. We saw that going a mile and 16th in the Miss Grillo, but that was a 49 half. I don't think you're going to get a 49 half here. I think that's why the horse was closer to the pace. But we've seen some good kick here. Did miss to Alpha Bella and Juniper's Moon last time out. However, that was a really odd trip. Didn't break well, was bumped around the backstretch, went wide on the far turn. Uh, still was able to close into fourth. Freelook been a little disappointing in, in her career so far. She's one that I think we both thought was going to be better than she has been to this point. Do you think it's uh, Saturday that she turns this around? 
I feel like this is this is the last time I'm chasing her. Let's put it that way, because I was a big fan of hers going into the Miss Grillo uh, last year at Belmont. And it's not like she ran bad, but it's like, come on, you got to be better than that. Uh, you know, had every chance to win and couldn't do it. Went over to the Breeders' Cup. And again, it's not like she ran bad, but it's like you're fifth, beating five. Come on now. Listen, the trip was really bad in the Florida Oaks. I don't think she was awful in that race, but you got to be better than that. And so this is really it, right? You've got the pace set up, on at least on paper. You never know how these things are going to shake out on the turf at, at Naira, but on paper, it looks very, very fast. I don't know. Like, look, I think the six free look it, it should be pretty tough in this spot, but Irad's on the eight. Manny Franco, that's okay. Like he rides a, a lot of Chad Brown horses here, but I don't think it's a great sign that Irad jumps off. But I still think Free looks one you got to play. If she improves second off the layoff, I think she's right there with a big shot. So yeah, I did use Free Look. If the eight didn't feel like a monster, I would be much more concerned with the fact that Irad left. And the fact that Irad yeah. left for another Chad Brown also makes you feel a little bit better. But it, it is concerning that it's Manny Franco, not Irad, on a Clarovich Brown horse here on the turf course. It is. It really is. And again, I, I'm probably, I've just been chasing too damn much with free look, but I, one more time, but it's almost like if this didn't set up really well for her, I don't think I'd be chasing her this time, but it, it, it sets up some, it really does. All right. So you got the two Browns going three deep here. Who else are you using? Yeah, so I used the 1A uh, Bengala Joy for, for Christoph Clement. <laughs> Rosario, but let me, let me tell you though, Rosario does still win for Clement. He's like the last one left. I, I just think there's more to this horse than what we've seen so far. I thought the last time out on over the synthetic at Gulfstream horse ran pretty well. We talk about it a lot. It's hard to win on the lead at Gulfstream on the synthetic surface. This horse was able to do it last time out. And so I think that's good. Uh, the, the debut on the, on the turf, it wasn't too bad. Got beat uh, two and a half links, but we saw some significant improvement in that second out. I think if we see one more little jump of improvement, it puts her right there. I wanted to get a price involved since I used the two favorites with the Browns. So I thought the 1A was made a little bit of sense here. So I, I used the 1A as the third horse. I use the 1A as well. I would not use the 1. So if the 1A scratches, I would remove this from my ticket. But I do think the 1A has a legit shot at winning the race for all the reasons you said. I thought there was a big-time improvement second out. Uh, Rosario gets the top calls for Clement. So that if I'm going to use Rosario right now, it's going to be on a Clement horse, most likely on the turf. Uh, so that kind of all, all lines up there. And, and the 8-to-1 price is nice. You want to pronounce the 4 for me, Aaron? Uh, no, I don't. I, Essa Roria. We're going to go with that. Uh, <laughs> that isn't it at all. <laughs> yeah, we're totally going with Essa Uh, no, it's not because there's no R in there. Asoria, 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 Asoria. Anyway, I'll be using the four as well, a 20 to one here. I'm going to take a little bit of a swing. Uh, it's the horse for Graham Motion, McCarthy picking up the mount. This is mainly because of how this horse progressed. So you go back, the horse breaks the maiden, uh, or runs well over the turf course at Saratoga, goes five and a half, ends up running third, wheels back to Delaware, breaks the maiden on dirt. They go right into the grade one El Sabaiti. Maybe a little bit too much of a step up. Horse doesn't run very well. Probably more of a turf horse anyway. So, hey, let's send back to the, to the Gulfstream Park turf course. Runs into a pretty good horse named Well Into. And, oh, by the way, Got an awful trip in that race. If you go back and watch that, her race was over going around the first turn. She never had a prayer. She wanted to be a little more forwardly placed, got cut off, got steadied badly. It was just done from that point. Now we're coming back here. We're getting 20 to 1 on a horse that they believe is better on turf and has grade 1 quality dirt form. They're, they're like, they went after it in a grade 1 race with this horse, and they think she's better on turf. 
at 20 to one in a race that I feel like is wide open. I'm willing to take a shot here on the four. Did you even consider her? I did kind of ride her down. I watched a couple. I watched the two turf races actually specifically. I I couldn't get there. I, I'm going to have to go more than three deep, you know, to get there. Right. I'm going to have to go four, five, six deep. And I just didn't. I didn't think it was necessary in here. Um, listen, Grant Motion's a guy that I I don't get right very often. So it wouldn't shock me if he knocks me out of this thing. But I, she's not for me. I, I wish we could have seen a little bit better per- performance last time out. But uh, look, she's another one though. Should have some pace to kind of run into. Maybe she can kind of sit that pocket trip from the from the four hole there. It's Isa Weira. Is it Isa or Essa? Essa Weira. Essa Weira. I don't know. <laughs> no, we're still. We need more. Magic. I don't think that's, that's accurate. No, we're gonna magic's wrong. It's Isoria. We're sticking with it, which is clearly wrong. Uh, this pronunciation bay here, live on Racing Dudes for the Magic Mike Show. Uh, anybody else? We, okay, we neither of us use the 10, Spansive, which is another one where I think a lot of people are going to be be going toward here. This is a second-time starter uh, for Todd Pletcher or whoever is training for him on Saturday uh, with Jose Ortiz up. Horse went gate to wire going a mile over the Gulfstream Park turf, and that – was actually a sneaky good race. I a lot of time knock horses who are going gate to wire when they go 25, 49 to the half. They finished in 136 and one. They went 25 or 23 flat for the final quarter of a mile here. Reason you're not using the, the nine. Uh, you know, I, I just I just don't think the pace is gonna set up real well. I I, I don't really want uh this horse. I, I just kind of feel like last time out, you kind of said it set a really slow pace and just kind of, you know, walked around there. I just don't see how it's going to happen here. Breaking from just one from the outside here too, as well. So I think that could be a little bit of a trouble trip might get hung a little wide. I, end of the day, I thought, you know what, this is a shorter price that I think we can get around. Um, I, I just didn't want to waste a bullet with this nine. I, I just think the setup's going to be way different for the source today. And it, or I guess Saturday, I should say. And if it is, I, I, I'm skeptical that the horse can kind of reproduce uh, what she did last time out. Yeah, it feels like Spansive has to win from off the pace. Um, and I'm not yeah. sure that she can. And I don't have any reason to believe that three to one, I should include her on a ticket in a race, which looks like it has quite a bit of speed. We're also back at the Belmont course here. And mile and 16th on the Belmont turf, they run straight for a little bit. And then they have this weird turn in. It's not a full turn because of the distance of that course. It really is a bad thing for outside horses. So, it's going to be tough for Spansive if if she's not able to clear to be able to get a good trip from that nine post into the first kind of half turn, we'll call it. Yeah, it is very awkward how, how that how that lays out there. There you get some awkward things at Belmont, uh, depending on what distance you're running at, what surface. It's it's strange. Like a mile and quarter races at Belmont on the dirt are really weird and kind of have that same kind of aspect. Yeah, it's crazy. You can go a mile and a quarter, one turn mile and a quarter out of the chute there. It's just nutty that they have that big of a track. All right, let's head on to the final race, the 11th at Belmont on Saturday. State bred Phillies going for $40,000 maiden claimers, going six furlongs over the inner turf course. Uh, this is a fun one because if you don't have an opinion, you could go eight deep here pretty easily. I'll let you start it out here, Aaron. Who you got? Uh, this is a mess. You know, anytime you get maiden claimer claimers state bred on the turf, it's a mess. I, the seventh wasn't so bad for me, but this one, this is your typical closing out the, the day at Naira, <laughs> you know, situation. I went four deep. I guess George's vice is going to be who I put on top. Uh, the four horse last time out ran a maiden special weight at, uh, Gulfstream park. And 
I mean, she wasn't awful. She did get beat six and three quarters and finished ninth a bit. Now you're getting state bred, maiden claiming 40. You, you really can't drop down any more than this, right? So I took the four on top. I, I, as you could tell, I'm not real excited about any of this, though. I uh, I agree with you. I, I actually am kind of excited for the four here, which is wild considering it's a uh, we're going back to our boy Rosario. But like we said, he gets the mounts with Clement that are the good mounts. And the race at Gulfstream Park, if you go watch that back, it was just kind of a tough trip here. Broke out of the five posts, was was middle pack, kind of sitting two, three wide, never really got a clean run. They went 21 and one, 43 and four. That's very, very fast for your first time starting out. So, uh, horse by uh, Unified stands for $7,500. Horse sold for $155,000 at auction. So, you know, there is some talent there. The drop combined with the fact that this horse I thought ran pretty sneaky good considering what the running line looks like. Put me, gave me, put, had me put the four George's Vice on top. If I was going to spread other places, this is where I would have singled. I would have singled this four horse here in the last, tried to single in a really, really tough race uh, and see if we can get the job done here. But there's a couple other interesting ones here. I ended up three deep. I almost went four deep. I went to the 12 horse next for me, all the way on the outside. Um, to me, this is just one of those spots where. When Donk calls on one of the Ortiz brothers, and we saw it today, a 13-1 to 1 winner with Donk with Jose Ortiz up, that generally means his horses are live. He's not the highest percentage trainer, but when he gets an Ortiz brother, all of a sudden he jumps up to between 17 and 19%. That makes you kind of be more interested in his horses. I thought the turf effort last time out wasn't atrocious. The horse was able to show come from off the pace a little bit. Main concern here. Are we fast enough to stay in range early? Because I don't want to be coming from 10 back. And that's that's where my main struggle is with the 12. I did use the 12 as well. And I think uh, the IRAD jumping aboard, that's the big one. That's that's the thing. But this horse has been off over a year. So it's not like you're like, hey, IRAD jumping aboard. All systems go. And then you kind of look and like, oh, hell. I, we saw this horse in April of 2022. Uh, look, though. It's a big drop. Uh, I think the horse going one turn, like you said, it, speed is a is a problem. But this horse may be a little bit different than what we saw. Maybe a little sharper now. You know, maybe it had some issues and they got it worked out. So, uh, yeah, I used the twelve as well. Uh, another one I used was the eleven. I love the name on this one, Mo the Morning Grouch. How how good is that? That's a great name. Uh, so the eleven horse, another one coming off of a layoff. But again, you got Ortiz jumping aboard for Linda Rice. The race two back at Saratoga when he started or she started at this level, probably good enough to be a factor if she can do that again. And and so that's what I'm kind of banking on. And again, getting Jose Ortiz uh, back or, or aboard, I should say, for the first time was a good sign. So I use the 11 as well, Samich. Did you use the 11? I did. That was my third horse okay. in. Uh, Linda goes to Jose. Uh, Lascano's kind of her go-to guy, but Jose Ortiz, again, we talked about earlier, 32% win percentage when he picks up the mount for, and I like the fact that this is probably your best horse that's going to be really, or could be closer to the pace. Like, I think the trip for the 11 works out really, really well. I was between the 11 and the one, so we'll talk, we can talk about Boss of All as well. The other Linda Rice horse, Carmouche, picks up that mount. I picked the 11 because of the rail draw for the one. It just I, I don't love using horses in a big field who draw the rail who I don't think can go right to the lead. It feels like the one's going to work out a trip from in there versus go right to the front. If the one had more speed, I think I probably would have leaned the one. But because of the 11's tactical speed and the fact that the one drew the rail and the 11's outside, I went with the 11 instead. Yeah, I, I was with you on the the one. I just didn't. I just didn't know this horse is. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, he's just looked bad. But listen, we're getting a new trainer. We're we're getting over to the turf. Maybe we could get some good things happening. Carmouche isn't awful. I I, I didn't hate that. But uh, I, I did go four deep. That was one I was thinking about. But ultimately, I went with the three follow the Fed. Another horse that hasn't been very good. But all of a sudden, we get Pratt aboard. We move up in class. We move over to the turf. I thought, well, there's enough things in a weird race to say, well, maybe this three might run okay. So the, the last horse on the ticket was the number three, follow the Fed. A horse that, uh, you know, is by a pretty good New York Road sire who usually can throw some decent turf runners. Not sure why we haven't went back to it yet. Maybe this is just a dumb use for me, but I don't know. I just thought Pratt jumping aboard, it kind of made sense to maybe throw this one in. So I used the three as that fourth horse in. Yeah, kind of interesting. This horse debuts on the turf, going six furlongs uh, in a maiden special weight level. This is this you know maiden special weight fillies. Asherson drops it down to 40K on the dirt, gets claimed by Rudy Rod, and never sees the turf again. But you have Dynaformer on the ba- bottom side as well. Seems like maybe going longer on the turf is what this horse is actually good at, but we, yeah. we haven't done that. Here we are going six furlongs on the turf again. But like you said, get Pratt aboard. Rudy Rod... Decent, 16% off this type of layoff, so that's not a bad thing. And Central Banker has been able to turn out good New York turf sprinters as well. One of those sires you kind of have to know if you're playing this circuit. Yeah, absolutely. Central Banker is going to show up a lot on those past performances. So uh, if you're looking at those sire lines, and like I said, yeah, if, you, if you're looking at New York Reds, you see Central Banker, it's not a bad thing. So, I, and again, I understand this horse is going to have to improve. I, I probably wouldn't use this horse if it wasn't the last race at Belmont. And it's like, yeah, well, weird things happen. Number one. And you can make like a sort of a case for this horse. I don't think it's totally impossible. So. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. All right. We're going to rip through our tickets and then we'll quickly talk about the Peter Pan and the man of war to give out some picks there. Cause Aaron, I know you looked at those races and I figured, yeah. Hey, why not talk about those as well? Uh, so here we go. Tickets are going to scroll across the bottom. Aaron, since you're the guest, I will let you kick us off. You can let us know what you have on your ticket here. All right, yeah, I'm going to go a $72 ticket here. Uh, I did not update that, by the way, the price, sorry. Um, this is $72, not 90 by the way. All right, 247 and, uh, sorry, 2478 with 156, with 4, with 168, with 341112. And thank you, you updated it. $72 for me on this ticket. Um, we'll see if we can get this home. Hopefully Candyman Rocket, the single, can uh, can get there for us. Yeah, man, Magic Job is so easy. I don't know what he complains about all the time. All right, I'm going to play a 50-cent ticket as well. Give me 4-8 with 5-6, with 2-4, with 1-A, 3-4-6-8, with 4-11-12. That's 60 bucks for 50 cents there. Hopefully we can get a nice one home. All right, Aaron, let's jump over to the graded stakes action earlier in the card as beautiful Karen gets run down by the stinking three horse late at Belmont. All right, let's jump over to the stakes races on the guardia. We'll start out with the man of war. You mentioned you weren't surprised that this one was not in the late pick five sequence. I'm guessing that's because of Warren point, your nine to five morning line favorite Appleby shipping over to take on the U S turf horses. Where are you going on top here? Yeah, I'm going Warren's point. I, I, I just, whoops. I just realized I took that off. I'm going Warren point here. Uh, I, I really think this horse is going to be awfully tough. Eight starts overseas. Uh, five winners has hit the board in all eight races. This looks like he towers over this group. I, I think he should roll here. If he shows up with any kind of effort, I think it's lights out. So this was an easy one for me. Probably going to single this sort. Well, no, probably. I am going to single this horse in the late pick five. Hopefully we're live to warm point. Uh, House Street, what are your thoughts here? This is a horse we both really liked and kind of threw in a, a too bad to believe clunker race last time out. Now you're getting a nice price, eight to one on this four-year-old Pratt back aboard. 
if you're playing exactas, is this someone you're looking at that second spot, trying to profit off that last race not being good? Someone you're throwing out? What are your thoughts on House Street? Yeah, I did the preview for this uh, on the on the website. It's available on there on YouTube, uh, and and I did say I, I referenced that every racing dudes member liked House Street, and House Street turned for home in that race at Keeneland. It looked like it was going to be okay, maybe not win, but hit the board and and just kind of quit on us. Uh, so I I did use him here underneath. I, I think he's one you wheel back with. If all four of us liked him and the horse didn't run all that well. Give him another shot. I'm going to give him another shot here. I thought it was a confident move, putting him right back here. So, yes, I did use House Street underneath. And uh, Red Knight, obviously, is kind of that consistent runner that you could use underneath as well. Yeah, not sure if this is why, but House Street now 2 for 2 on Firm Turf and 0 for 2 over a good going. So that would be something I would keep an eye on if you're going to be playing this race on Saturday. Uh, I agree. Warren's point. Look, anytime Appleby is sending something over here right now, you have to respect the hell out of it. Uh, he's just been dominating when sending all these horses over. So Warren Point is a deserving favorite in here in my mind. I, I agree House Street's a little bit interesting here. I, I think Red Knight's a little bit interesting, but it's going to be tough to get around Warren Point. Uh, so it, to me, probably a race you want to be singling here. But I do think that you can have some fun with the trifecta and exactas if you want to play them cold underneath. All right, let's head over to the Peter Pan grade three, the sixth race on the card, a mile and an eighth. One turn, mile and an eighth here <laughs> at Belmont. Kind of crazy. Your favorite is going to be Slip Mahoney, or I'm sorry, Bishop's Bay on the outside. Eight to five, Brad Cox, Laurent Giroux, two for two, beat first mission, two back sprinting. The distance is the concern, but this is Uncle Mo out of Pioneer of the Mile, so you'd assume Bishop's Bay won't have an issue with the distance. You're putting him on top? Yeah, I am going to put him on top. I'm really not as confident in this uh, pick, though. Uh, and again, I thought this should have been in the late pick five. I, I I didn't see a reason to think that this is just a slam dunk type of race. Bishop's Bay is a horse that I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. I think he's very green. You watch both of his races and you look at the past performances, you go, OK, he's won by 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 narrow margins. Well, two things. Number one, he faced first mission in the first maiden and only beating by three quarters, say only. But listen, first mission is a horse that's going to take a ton of money in the Preakness next week. Now, the, the next race again, it was a, kind of a short margin of victory. But you look at him when he gets ahead of you. You can kind of visually see him waiting for the next for the horse to come up next to him. And when they do. He kind of just eases away from him again. I think he's a little bit mentally screwy. Um, I, I think he's better than this field, though. I do have some interest in, in a classic catch. I think that's one that I don't think he's mentally screwy. I just think he's just an average horse amongst the stakes group, I should say. So I, I kind of was like 9-5 in here. I think those are the two that you need to worry about. Yeah, I thought classic catch was interesting. I'm probably going to try and beat Bishop's Bay. Uh, yeah. Uh, to me, that's like, okay, we got distance concerns. There's other speed in here. The horse is going to be a short price. I I'm I'm willing to try and take a shot against Bishop's Bay. I think it's interesting that Brad Cox has this horse here as well. I, I'm surprised we didn't, like, if this is, if he's better than first mission, why aren't we looking at running there? Is this a horse he wants to go to the Belmont with? Like, what what's the goal here from going to the Peter Pan? To me, it, it tells me he doesn't necessarily think this horse is as good as everyone else thinks this horse is. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if I want to swallow six to five, which is what I think this horse is going off at. I've kind of heard some some rumblings. If he runs well here, they'll kind of point towards the Haskell, um, which would make sense for him. But I, I'm with you. It's kind of like, well, the Haskell's a long ways away. I mean, if he thought he was really, really good, you could take a shot uh, at the Preakness, like you said. But I, again, I, I think you're I think you're not wrong trying to think about, okay, maybe we will go with a different way, try to beat this short price, but um, yeah, we'll see. He's a, 
he's a tricky one because he, he he's definitely kind of can fool you. Uh, and again, maybe that's just him, what we've seen from him. And it's like, yeah, he's just a, okay. He's not a wonderful. Or maybe he is just kind of a, a horse that needs to grow up a little bit. Any thoughts on Ghost Soldier Go? Six horse coming in from the UAE Derby. Switches Barnes, jumps over to Todd Pletcher, Flavian Pratt aboard, eight to one on the morning line. My guess is going to be one of those horses that people decide they're interested in, even though they probably shouldn't be. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I can't I can't get there with that horse. But, you know, possibly maybe just makes a big jump up. But I'm going to need to really. I didn't like that last race from him. And I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll let him beat me. This is this is gonna be an interesting way to kick off the pick six because yeah. I'll tell you this: if it's not Bishop's Bay, it could be anyone, and I'm not so sure it's gonna be Bishop's Bay. So this yeah. is no, I'm this, one of those is just a tough, tough spot to open it up. All right, Aaron, thank you very much for joining me here for the Magic Mike Show special Thursday. Well, not special, just a Thursday edition going over the late pick five over at Belmont. Before we take off, is there any other horse racing or sports topics you'd like to cover? Um, no, not really, not really. Did, I think did, we've covered it. Did you see college football win totals came out today? I did not see that. Yes. Yeah, so something for you and Poppy to discuss. Maybe we'll talk about it on Dudes Who Bet Daily as well. But college football win totals out for every team. Uh, Georgia got pegged with an 11, so they'd have to go 12-0 and 0 to go over. Uh, Ohio State got a 10.5, which would means that they would have to beat both Penn State at home and beat Michigan, or beat Michigan, one of the two, to be able to go over. So we got some interesting stuff to talk about in the sports world there. A couple nice basketball games tonight. Real quick before we go, because I didn't have this stat this morning, and I do now. 20 games, I'm sorry, 16 games so far in the NHL round two playoffs. 15 of the 16, a plus money has been a winner. Either the dog is won or the favorite is won by two or more goals. The only game was last night where Toronto won two to one as a minus 115 favorite. That is the only game in the second round where the dog or the favorite, or the dog, dog is either one or the favorite is covered the one and a half. That's insane. That is insane. Isn't that crazy? Uh, that's, we've been talking about it though. That's been the trend. So I actually went back and looked because I'm like, this is this got to be an actual number. 15 and one, and 12 of these 16 games have been decided by two goals or more. That's un- that's unbelievable. So that's back incredible. to do not play minus 200 if you're going to play Dallas tonight. Lay the goal and a half. The trend says that that's going to be what is going to continue to happen. Yep. All right. Thank you very much for joining Aaron and I here on the Magic Mike Show special Thursday edition. We'll be back, dudes who bet daily tomorrow morning. Best bets around the sports and horse racing world. And next week is Preakness Week. We'll have all coverage from the draw every morning right up until the live race on Saturday, which we will be live for talking everything about horse racing here on Racing Dudes YouTube channel. So make sure you join us there as well. Thank you very much for joining us for the Magic Mike Show. We will see you tomorrow morning. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.